Well, maybe it's a time zone difference because of uh, Manchester's also in the United Kingdom. No. By 14 days? The time zones are weird, man. What can I say? <laughs> You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with hosts Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 382 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I am Stephen Seagraves, joined by Fosma Mood and Seth Miller. Gentlemen. Good afternoon. afternoon. Yeah, we're doing this during the day. The sun's out. It's weird. It's sun's out, day. pundits out? Is that the phrase? <laughs> Pund- punditry out? Yeah. It's yeah. close as I get to a rhyme, and it's close as I get It's been an interesting week. <laughs> um, you, you didn't get punched while flying, right? No, I didn't. Okay, so. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I think I'd be cool with Mike. I'd be, you know, I'd be nice, with Mike. Mike. We'll talk about that later, though. Uh, would you be cool with Mike Tyson punching you? <laughs> no, no, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be cool with him. Like I would, I would okay. be very careful with my words. I think. Um, let's see. <laughs> no, apparently, not everyone is that smart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk about Turkish. So there's some. We talked about Turkish last week in their kind yeah. of uh, push for cash. And what's the follow up you got, Seth? I, I received a little bit of feedback. One is. Um, one bit was they're apparently a profitable. Uh, they're profitable and they're not fully owned by the state anymore. They're only half owned by the state, or forty nine percent. So, oh, gotcha. Might not be considered a state owned airline. I s- still see them that way, and I think you know enough of the investors are Turkish money, but um, and apparently profitable, which so it doesn't have to be a loss leader for ter- tourism in Turkey. But there's clearly still plenty of uh, that activity going on. So, mm-hmm. yeah. but also very much the traffic passing through is connecting, not stopping in Istanbul. The numbers yeah. are pretty astounding. Really? Yeah. So Seattle being added and whatnot really is connecting flow onward to, you know, the however many other countries they fly to in other places. Yeah. And trying to siphon off some of that ME three traffic. It's not quite as far south and east for connections, but it's still pretty close. Yeah, I'd say like the gap in their network in the United States maybe the only place that they major city they don't really fly to is maybe Denver. Aren't they adding Denver? Or is that Qatar? I can't. I can't remember. Yeah, I thought um, because everywhere else seems to be covered by them here in the yeah. United States. Um, upper Midwest. Yeah, true. Maybe Columbus or Cincinnati. You know, Northern Kentucky. I was thinking more like Detroit or Minneapolis. Or, or I thought they. I thought they Turkish flew to Detroit. is adding Dallas and Denver. Or Denver and um, no, not they don't do Detroit. Uh, Royal Jordanian does. Oh, that's right. Okay. Does at one point Royal Jordanian was uh, Flagstaff or not Flagstaff, but like doing a fifth freedom plate there to Montreal. Weren't they? Was, really? was it Montreal or Toronto? One of the two. Yeah, it was doing like Detroit to one of those Canadian cities and then onward to Amman. Huh. I think they still are. Yeah, it was one of those things like it was a combination of the planes they had and the demand. And so um, anyway, yeah, that's a cool line to get. Um, and I think they do they have the freedom rights to sell it. Just the Canadian section? Yeah, like I know uh, Lon, or Latam now, God, uh, was selling the, could sell the tag flight of JFK to Toronto. Oh. And it comes and goes, whether they sell it or locally, or at one point, it's ever not like at one point they stopped flying it with the tag stop and it's just operated nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, fascinating, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Um, there's some seven 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 X news, uh, and it's not good. <laughs> yeah, uh, Air Current broke the news that the seven seven X is not going to be certified until late, likely to not be certified until late 2024, and won't there won't be any airline deliveries until 2025 at the earliest. Uh, and then Reuters confirmed that that this is not good for Boeing at all. No, <laughs> and it's not good for airlines either. Like, let's yeah. be honest yeah. about the situation, like. 
and in many ways, not good for the industry. Like you look at, so I mean, let's start with like, it's terrible that it's going to be delayed that long, right? It's going to be five-ish years late. Yeah. Uh, Montreal is the stop for the Detroit Amsterdam, uh, Detroit Amman flight. Um, just so you know. Um, it's terrible that it's going to be delayed that long, but like you start wondering about what that means for the uh, Lufthansa or an Emirates that sort of bet big on it being mm. their next generation airplane. Obviously Emirates has decided to retrofit a bunch of its other triple sevens, you know, 300 yards and whatnot to give them premium economy because they realize the planes are gonna be around longer than they wanted them to and things like that. But like, that's a, a huge step back. Like Lufthansa is basically having to roll. Like at one point that was gonna be their new flagship cabin. And by the time it rolls out, it's going to be eight years old. Yeah. There's no way that could actually, I mean, there is a way it would be a terrible choice, but like, how do you deploy that cat, an eight year old product on your new flagship aircraft? Mm-hmm. And, and there's the, I mean, there's that sort of, other bits of like, what does it mean for the industry that sort of has been trying to modernize fleets and get to more efficient aircraft and fuel efficiency through fleet renewal if, you know, a huge chunk of the wide body fleet that's supposed to be coming online doesn't happen for an extra five years. I mean, it's whatever, it's three years now, but it's been many years. This is delayed. I mean, there's all those factors are just crazy to me. Well, and, and to add to that, like, it's not like Emirates and Lufthansa could just go to Airbus and say, oh, can you fill this gap? Uh, in the next year. Well, right, because it, I mean, Airbus is, Air, pretty, Airbus pretty is backed up on the 350s. Yeah, exactly. Um, or I guess I could get 330s, but those are a different, very different product. Yep. Um, and I mean, capacity wise, they're, I mean, the 330 versus 77X, it's, it's a big, it's a big jump. Yeah. So, wow. I guess one of my questions is will Skytrax retract their award to Los Tunzo? <laughs> hey, man, the check cleared. What do you want? Uh, <laughs> Foz. <laughs> Uh, You're in one of those moods today, huh, Foss? Yeah, it's a reasonable question. I mean, it was it, it was it, it was a, an award that was explicitly based on, or uh, as explained in the award, was stated that it was based in large part on them launching this new product. Yeah, do we even know what the new seat is going to be? They had a picture. They had some pictures of it. They teased out. It was like a crazy one two one two one two kind of layout, alternating Sagger with a like crazy throne seat. Um, oh. But who the hell knows what if that's going to fly and when and where? Yeah. So yeah. Um, you cannot fly. Sorry, I'm finishing my production job while doing this part. You cannot fly the Royal Jordanian flight just from Detroit to Montreal. They, they don't sell it. So, anyway, um, yeah, no. This, I mean, the triple seven X delay. It it sucks at every turn. And we talked a little bit a couple weeks ago about the certification challenges of what happens if it's you know if they miss the end of this year deadline and will Congress give them an exemption from the sort of new certification rules or not? That's another thing to try to sort out at some point. Yeah. Yeah, because if they, if they wait and if it doesn't get certified by the end of this year, right, they fall into the new under the new, new rules. rules. Yeah, um, which I don't know that that's a bad thing. Honestly. No, well, I think it's probably good for flight safety and you know aircraft operations and all those things. It's bad for cost and certification. It makes it harder. Yeah, yeah. Right. And if you know you're not going to meet the end of this year now, do you start planning for the new? rules or do you start planning for a massive lobbying campaign to get another exemption from Congress knowing mm-hmm. that effectively you're going to have to get up there and be like, and lobby for we want planes that are less strictly you know, interrogated, overseen whatever you want to differ, whatever word you want to use there on safety than uh, the law required. That's a, that's a real bad look for Boeing right now. Yeah. Yeah. So Crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Anything else Foz you want to add? Not to that. No. <laughs> Uh, I was reading an NPR article about aviation, and I was I, I was kind of surprised at how bad it was written. Uh, they have a photo 
of China Airlines, and then they talk about Chinese airlines like China Airlines. Someone needs to tell them China Airlines is not a Chinese carrier. Yeah, that's an interesting. Why would you fact check yourself? <laughs> I'm just like, what? What is happening in this article? Like, I wrote, I read it once, and it didn't really hit me. And then I was like, wait a second, that was a picture of a China Airlines plane, and they said China I th- Airlines. I think they fixed it. I'm looking at the story now. Yeah, and they've changed it to a photo of passengers getting off a plane arriving in Shanghai from Paris. Okay, and took the word China Airlines out. Okay. Yeah, so they fixed it. All Congratulations. Right. You've, you've provided val- valuable editorial services. Yes, I, they, should, they should pay me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they took, I mean, they changed the, it looks like they changed the wor- wording the almost wording completely. Yeah. Well, what's, they, one of their links is still to China Airlines. China's airlines have become a bit less strict, so it's in like halfway down. Yeah. It says passengers are required to wear medical, surgical, KN95 or N95 masks from the time of check in the airport. That link goes to China Airlines. Oops. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, they mostly fixed it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, maybe, maybe they're making a political statement by uh, moving Taiwan into uh, oh, mainland God. China. Yeah. Ouch. Probably. You know, Foz, Foz made an off-color joke the other day. Fosma threw you under the bus. Oh, I was like, oh, Foz, I got one of these these fares, you know, the rewards. I'm coming back from Melbourne or Auckland via Taipei to the United States. And he goes, well, if Taipei's still there. And I was like, Foz, don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it'll so, probably still be there. It'll probably still be there. It'll still be there as whether or not you can go through it easily. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Um, let's talk about uh, SCASD grants. So this is SCASD grant the application. Small Community Air Service Development Program. It's a fun one. This is basically there's a fund of federal money set aside to help smaller airports develop their markets. Basically bribe airlines to show up or bribe passengers to fly uh, subsidies, if yes. you will. The thing that the U S airlines hate when they're given out to foreign airlines, but love when they are available domestically uh, or even internationally, just as long as they come to themselves. And this time around, there were I think 48 applications, um, which is a, a decent sized pool, but what's really interesting, it's always fun to read through them and like sort of see what the airlines want. And some of them sounded desperate. There's like Huntsville, Alabama, wrote like, we just got Breeze Airlines and our fares are always super expensive, which they are. Huntsville is actually sort of known for being one of the more expensive markets in the U.S. But like, our fares are always expensive and Breeze just showed up, but they already canceled one route and we really need to help. You know, we need this money to help with advertising and, you know, supporting the Breeze marketing efforts and minimum revenue guarantees to make sure that they continue to fly here. Yeah. Um, and so, it, and I'm not even doing justice, sort of the, the tone of the messaging, but like, and you see the breakdown of all the stuff where they want to spend money. Like they plan on, they ask for, I want to say three quarters of a million dollars with a decent size local match. That's one of the things that is required. You have to have sort of the airport money and local community non-governmental money has to come into it. So it is a nice sort of public private partnership thing, but like they want to give away $50,000 in free airfare as part of the marketing budget. It's like, Oh, okay. And then there's like a list of, I want to say 20 different 15 or 20 different like events that they plan to sponsor throughout the year using the breeze name as like the, the local group that's doing the airport authority that sort of applied for the grant will put the breeze name and the airport, obviously fly breeze from Huntsville, but like they're going to sponsor like road races and the local minor league baseball team and all this stuff. It's sort of, it's really just amusing to me to like the nuance and stuff of how some of these things come together. But I don't know. There's also like, there was one where it was an airport, uh, 
when they've got numbers in the airport code, I know we're in for, in for a good time. There were two of those. Uh, C80? Yeah. F70. Uh, this was the C80, I think, the Fresno one. And the Fresno one wanted, uh, they want to, somehow they're going to buy an electric bus as part of the deal. Sweet God. And also use the airplane, use the money to help fly like nine-seater planes out into the remote, even more remote airports of the county to deliver uh, fresh food to areas that don't apparently get fresh food very often. I don't know. It was super weird to try to understand what the hell they were doing. That was C80. What was F70? Was French F-70's Valley down, Airport? It's down by San Bernardino or south of San Bernardino. Okay. Um, which in San Bernardino did apply also. Like oh. that's one makes more sense in some ways. But <laughs> if French Valley wants to just like have a shared on-demand nine-seater service, and this would subsidize that. Um, San Bernardino wants to have flights to Sacramento on breeze and a few price like six weeks back now when we talked breeze when it announced its first a220 routes also announced that it was going to fly to san bernardino and it was, they did san francisco to san bernardino on the e90 and it was daily service but the schedule was such that there was a lot of opportunity for like probably two or three other destinations to be added in at least yeah each day and so it turns out sacramento is one of them they've asked for what's the number here a million dollars for minimum fare minimum revenue guarantees uh for breeze to fly to sacramento uh, and that's an interesting one, like Ontario, which is 20-ish miles west of San Bernardino, mm-hmm. has nonstop flights to Sacramento and like 12 a day on Southwest or something crazy like that. It's way more <laughs> than I expected. Yeah. Um, and does like a decent job filling them, like 60 to 80% full, depending on the season and whatever else. So like that's, you know, a couple thousand people a day making the trip. But yeah. it was super interesting. Um, Long Island, Islip, MacArthur redacted yeah. their entire application. <laughs> well, not the entire thing not the entire just the pages that had the details of which airline they wanted to partner with and which destinations they wanted to serve just redacted it um yeah who else is in here that what i found interesting there's a whole bunch of airlines and it always seems the way there's a whole bunch of airlines that use are airports that applied with american airlines as their uh desired partner mm-hmm. um that american is the winner in terms of the total number then you get something like uh erie international airport in erie pennsylvania which is sort of halfway between pittsburgh and Buffalo, I think, um, a relatively small request. They just, and the way they described it is they're just going to provide a credit to each airline, $800 per turn up to four times a week over a two year period, uh, for anyone who shows up and flies to Florida. They don't care who, they don't care where really in Florida, as long as people show up, they'll get the 400 bucks or or 800 bucks per round trip. Wow. Um, that was another one that seems like sort of a little desperate Wilkes-Barre, uh, Scranton, Wanted and had a letter of support from Avello, and so did Lakeland. Um, anything but, they can get, I like that. Anything they get, they literally like. We just want, like, we just want to fly somewhere from here, please. And he's like, <laughs> you know, Lakeland's like, yeah, we. And, he, and actually, Lakeland's another one. Lakeland's an interesting one because it's halfway between Orlando and Tampa, and it's right on I four. It's actually super well situated to be a sort of reliever for those two. Arguably better even than Sanford, which is a little northeast of Orlando, which I guess is vaguely better for the beaches, but. Uh, but Lakeland doesn't have commercial air service now and wants it. And they've, you know, Velo signed on on that one too, saying, yeah, if you show up, if we get this $700,000 plus the local matching, we'll bring a plane and drop it down here and see what happens. Uh, some, some of these, uh, I, I mean, okay. So like Jaeger, West Virginia international Jaeger airport. Yeah. That they're all, that service already existed and it went away. Right. And so they're, that, they're, that's like, what some of the other ones are like trying to bring back service. Uh, interesting. Um, the other one, uh, who's this? Richmond, 
which is another Breeze application. They want to think 800 grand, uh, noting that what they want to do is support the launch of the Transcon service to San Francisco that's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, Breeze is operating at two days a week, Wednesdays and Saturdays, which are the two worst days for business travelers of the seven in the week, right? Um, yeah, Tuesdays probably in third place, but Wednesdays and Saturdays, absolutely the worst business travel days. They asked for $1,350,000 to boost the number of days of service, stating that San Francisco is the largest business travel market unserved today nonstop, and they know that there's plenty of demand there, but Breeze wants revenue guarantees to add frequencies. And what I can't figure out is if those day, if it really is business travelers, why the hell Breeze picked Wednesdays and Saturdays? <laughs> don't, who don't Breeze, who, like who does Breeze expect to get on board as opposed to who does the city think is going to get on board? There's some weird, I don't know. Oh, Eagle, uh, Vail, high end airport, right? You like not the place you go for cheap. Yeah. Ask for a million dollars trying to attract uh, Sun Country or Alaska Airlines or sort of anyone else to fly year round, low cost, lower cost service because they want something to offset the sort of uh, summer doldrums when they're just not skiing. <laughs> Landing fees aren't cheap there either. Yeah, so. well, I think, and part of this is they the programs usually come with an in kind uh, contribution from the airport to waive landing fees for the new entrant and things like that. Mm-hmm. But still, yeah, there's a lot of interesting ones. I mean, part of the challenge with Eagle is the diversion rate, right? In the yeah. winter, they get, there's a very high diversion rate. Yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, the winds and the it's a small air like. And also, don't you need a relatively high performance airplane to get in and out? Yes. Like, yes, it's an immediate bring, like right turn and climb. You wouldn't bring a three twenty one classic or a seven three seven nine hundred er in there that can't get off the ground very quickly. No. So there's some challenges there in terms of you know how many people can you bring in? What's the performance of the aircraft? Right, a three nineteen or three nineteen neo. If someone had one of those, but they only fly in China right now. Um, I think Spirit has them on order, but who the hell knows if they'll show up? Who's um, who is what's FS, FSM? Is that that's like Oklahoma, isn't it? Yes, Fort Smith Regional. That's got to be. Yeah, it's somewhere. I'm looking at the map. It's south of uh, Fayetteville. Yeah, yeah. The, the the one that strikes me as odd. Uh, let me find it here real quick. Hang on. I'm surprised Mon- how cheap. Oh, go ahead. Monterey. They want Transcon service. I know. That's Monterey, t- California, the tiny little strip. It's actually not that small an airport or a small runway. But yeah, they they want New York City service. Actually, I mean, I guess it makes sense, maybe. Don't we all, but like... <laughs> I mean, the problem is for Monterey, it's a pain in the ass to get into any other major airport. Is it? Yeah, because to go to San Francisco, you have to go up through the mountains through San Jose and oh, I see, up yeah. through Santa Cruz. Yeah, it is a weird spot, yeah. Because, I mean, it is, what, maybe closer to San Francisco, but it's right between San Francisco and... It's closest to San Jose, Yeah, but, I mean, that's probably still an hour plus with no traffic. But a transcon on them, like that's what they want. Not a, not a like a flight to Denver. Or... Well, they probably have regional, right? So that's the thing. Do they? Oh, I guess they do. Yeah. My other favorite one, um, Abraham Lincoln Capital Airport uh, in Illinois, SPI, um, started their application with "We're the capital of the fifth largest economic value state in the country." So we deserve more airport. We deserve more flights. Like right, but you're a very small town and not actually the center of all that economic activity. What are you talking about? And I keep talking about fifth largest this and fifth largest. I'm like, that's the whole state though. And <laughs> Chicago's 180 miles up the highway. What are you doing? <laughs> and Newburgh and, wants money too. Oh yeah, Newburgh Stewart, uh, New York, the one just north of New York City, wanted money. Uh, Chicago, Denver, and Washington hmm. uh, were some of the markets they teased. Uh, 
the first one on that list that I sh- that's we're looking at here, Allegiant wants just under our BLV, which is Mid America St. Louis. It's the St. Louis Airport on the east side, which is actually in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, there they want just under half a million from the feds to add basically to boost Allegiant service there. Allegiant turned it into a pretty solid operation and has said if they can get the money, they'll turn it into a crew base and put a couple airplanes there. So can can I mean there's also Salem, Oregon. Yes. <laughs> That's a tough one because they're they're asking for money to get flights to basically all the places that are served out of Portland. Portland, yeah. And Salem's like what a forty-five minute drive south. Yeah, it's about forty. It's about forty-five minutes. Yeah. So say a bad day with traffic traffic and you had to go through town to get to the airport. Maybe it's an hour, hour and a half. But like, it's it's got to be super hard to convince an airline to show up, knowing that they're going to be siphoning traffic off. And the whole point, like one of the points that's made in all these applications, is our airfare at my local airport is too high. With additional service and competition, airfares will drop. Like general basic macroeconomics says that works, but if it's Alaska Airlines operating from Los Angeles and Las Vegas, mm-hmm. the same as they operate from Portland to Los Angeles and Las Vegas, why is Alaska Airlines going to add an additional flight that's going to siphon off some of its traffic and also drop fares so it's making less money at both markets? Like and, that's a real that's a really hard argument to make. Yeah, and I mean Salem doesn't even have a terminal or anything. Like it's it's not a, it's an unbuilt airport. Like it's oh. it has. It doesn't have a commercial terminal at all. Interesting. I have to go back and check. I, one of the things that they have to specify in the applications if they're certified for commercial operations or not. And like one of them in here, I think I noted like says new airport in this list uh, is yeah. Uh, Gulf Shores airport mm-hmm. in Alabama uh, doesn't have a specific airline. They just want to have a million dollars to like spend on marketing budget, which is cool. But they've said they expect to open sometime next month. They don't even, they don't even have their FAA certification yet. Well, I'm sh- I'm sure Salem's like certified for commercial traffic, but yeah, as far as I know, they they only have F two two FBOs. Like interesting, yeah. So well, they have to put up a tent with a uh, TSA inside, like uh, St. Augustine did, and like where we went, uh, Santa Rosa was running now during the temporary operations while they're building rebuilding the terminal. Yeah, it looks like they. Well, I take it back now. I'm looking. They have an old terminal that's not used for commercial flights right now. Okay, so. It's, McNary it's, Field. It's clear. It's the closet. It's it's all. It's on the level of Santa Rosa. So, listen. I mean, there was bathrooms and stuff inside. <laughs> they had a coffee shop, didn't they? Uh, like yes. up in the corner and some packaged snacks that I think was closed with yes. because of COVID. But you know, yes. yeah. and behind the piano that Snoopy was playing. Nothing. Nothing in the terminal itself. You couldn't buy anything in the like in, inside security except yeah. uh, concessions. It's like a like a vending machines. So. Yeah. Anyway, oh, what else we got here? Let's talk about Breeze because White Plains is blowing up for Breeze. Transcon's out of White Plains. We thought Monterey was crazy. <laughs> Which ones are we getting? Uh, that's a good question. San Francisco, Los Angeles, and Las Vegas. It'll be crazy to see that. Uh, will, will you be on one of those inaugurals, Seth? I will not be on any of the inaugurals. Um, for a few reasons, but uh, at least I don't plan to. Um, mostly from timing perspective, I think they're all supposed to start in May, right before. Mm. Actually, no, I'm sorry; those are later in the year. Um, but uh, I have some challenging, some conflicts, and the planes aren't going to be fully fitted yet. So, gotcha. there's some issues there. But um, no, the, it's real interesting. I'm trying to do daily service from all of those, and it's daytime flights. Both ways, twenty both ways. So, yeah. I mean, you think back when JetBlue started running transcons, it was utilization, right? You had a a320 that was sort of going to be idle from eight or so in the evening until eight o'clock or six o'clock the next morning instead of sitting at, instead of sitting there they'd fly it out to california and back yep. uh 
Breeze is going to do it during the day, which is means they think there's enough uh, value, I guess, uh, in the operation or you know, high enough yields, high enough fares that they're going to be able to extract it. They can do it. So, so when you say it's going to be daylight both ways, like, so how are they going to make that work? Is it going to be like a 7 a.m. departure from Westchester? Yeah, it gets back around 10, 30, or 11 o'clock. Okay. And I think Vegas converts to a red-eye home later. Yeah. But uh, in the scheduling, but yeah, it's uh, fun times. I, I'm intrigued to see how it goes. They're also adding like Jacksonville and Richmond and a couple other like normal, there are other East Coast markets. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, but those will be on the E90, not on the, not on the 220. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely great for people north of what, 287. Listen, White, White Plains is a super convenient airport unless you have to get in or out of it. <laughs> yeah, was, if they made the terminal any bigger, it's no. been years since I've flown out of there, but you couldn't even go through security until 30 minutes, 40 minutes before your flight. Oh, really? It's like a closet. Oh, it is. Literally, there's like allegedly four gates, but it's like someone's living room. It's a large living room, but it's but, like someone's living room. And oh, it's, it's, it's kind of nice in White Plains style, right? Upstate New York, like suburban Manhattan, New York, or suburban New York City style. It's It's very nice, but like they don't let buses come into the terminal because that would, you know, not be fancy enough. I, at one point, like you couldn't get taxis out. You had to take a town, like only like town car service. <laughs> um, and I, that was a long time ago. I'm sure it's changed with ride hailing and whatever, but it's yeah. It, Jacksonville, Norfolk and Savannah are the other destination. And Charleston um, are the other destinations. Charleston will be the 220. So that'll sort of come in and out and help them rotate planes through. And then Jacksonville, Norfolk and Savannah run on the E90. Um, it's interesting. Like they are going to be the most destinations, or fight in a, in a fight with JetBlue for most destinations, um, and uh, but not the most flights. Hmm. Right, American Delta and United will all uh, at least definitely American and Delta. I thought United also will still add have more daily flights, but those are just to their local hubs. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at United right now. They only fly Chicago from White Plains now. Okay, yeah, so that, they had pulled back. Um, but which yeah, is, it's, which sorry, is surprising, right? Because it is such a convenient for people that don't want to go into the city. Right or crossover and go to Newark. It is very convenient for people north of Manhattan. Yeah, but United doesn't want to pull away. United would rather drag you to Newark. Yeah. Well, at one point, Continental flew from White Plains to Newark. <laughs> the good old days. Back when they had way too many E-145s. <laughs> where, where can we put these stupid things? <laughs> well, that was also when they were building a hub at LaGuardia. Oh, God. An E-145 hub. <laughs> We'll just fly to every dirt strip in the country and it'll be fine. We forgot to talk about one of the other, uh, sorry, we forgot to talk about one of the other uh, small city ones. Uh, Rapid City wants Breeze to fly from San Francisco. Mileage plus employees need a fast pass to SFO? I I don't know, but like United used to fly and pulled out and now the city is, Rapid City is lobbying for Breeze to fill the gap and I just think that's hysterical. Well, you know why? Because that's where Mileage Plus was based. Oh, is that like the central part of Mileage Plus? That, Legacy United, MPI, the, the small random office building with the little sign that said MPI outside. That's where Mileage Plus was based. Oh, didn't know that. Is it still? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's yeah. more. I, I'm sure there's probably something there because it's cheap. Yeah. I say, and to be fair, like United only pulled out a couple of years ago with other shit going on. But Yeah. Interesting. Oh, man. Um. Let's talk about Recaro seatback, Seth. Uh, I think you have a bone to pick, maybe. So this is a funny one. They they posted this thing on Twitter on Earth Day and then deleted it. And I can't tell if it was real or not. 
and it was they described it as like the creative work of their staff coming up with an even more environmentally friendly option. They called it a plug-in uh, seatback tray table or clip-on tray table, and it was basically rather than having a built-in tray table, you had a sort of a smooth seatback with a slot, and the tray like could essentially snap in or insert into this slot, and it gave you like the pictures they showed were basically something big enough to hold a Snickers and a can of soda. <laughs> it was a tiny little thing. They had a version of it that had a little drawer, which I thought was cute, um, holding like a phone and some headphones and whatever. Like, and I just looked at it. And I'm like, on the one hand, like it was tiny and terrible and stupid, and obviously nobody wants that. On the other hand, like Acro makes a seat that's flying on Hawaiian right now on their 717th that has that tiny little flip down tray table. The same seats flying on Spirit. I don't know, their older seats have that tiny flip down tray table. It's kind of <laughs> useless. Mm-hmm. But if you're in an already relatively tight space and need somewhere to put your soda or a drink or whatever, like not the worst thing in the world. And like the version of it that has the hole in it. So you, if you've got a tapered cup, it slips in there. Like you get, you know, you normally would see that on a European airline on the flip down in the tray table seat back or an Asian airline, right? The fancy, fancy stuff. The same idea of like a little plastic circle that can hold your cup. Not terrible. Um, I also then started thinking about it. Is this a thing where the airline would not, you know, not staff them or not stock them and you have to buy the mini tray table? Oh, God. And then, like, take it with you as a souvenir and bring it back and you could use it on your next flight? Like, I don't know. It, it was a whole weird thing. But then they went and they deleted the tweet at some point. So I'm really sad about that. So you'll never know. I might have to email or call their core comps and see. But <laughs> that'd be work, and I'm not sure I'm up for it. Oh, man. Um, The Golden Knights caused a bit of a problem. Yeah, the FAA caused a problem. Yes. So tell me about this and what happened in D.C.? Well, the U.S. Capitol was evacuated. Was it Tuesday last week? Yep. Wednesday, something like that. Um, a plane had been circling over D.C. Uh, the U.S. Capitol Police saw it, got the report, checked their notes, had no indication that there was supposed to be a plane inside the sort of D.C. no-fly zone, and immediately ordered an evacuation of the Capitol. Um, Oops. No, no one scrambled fighter jets. No one, like, D.C.A. traffic kept going in and out of national. Like, no, no one else really cared, but the Capitol Police evacuated the, the building. Um they, you know, very quickly implemented their aircraft divert, you know, emergency plan. And then later the FAA acknowledged, yeah, we sort of forgot to tell them. Oops. Yeah, oh. The FAA had the filing. That's why, like, the DCA didn't care. That's why NORAD didn't scramble fighters. It's like, and it was all for, like, uh, the Golden Knights parachute team to, to swoop into National Stadium for a baseball game. Wow. So, yeah, uh, way, to, way to demonstrate the prowess and professionalism of our military and coordination with, you know, civilian operations. Jeez. Um, I mostly just think it's funny at this point, but, like... I mean, it's it's a little funny. It's also a little, like, come on. Like, yeah. get, get, your, get your stuff together. Uh, what about AA's long-haul fleet? They're having some, uh, some issues. That? It's sort of, sort of, but mostly, I mean, it's sort of a British Airways problem that AA is picking up. So that's yeah. where it gets even funnier. So we know that AA is a little behind the eight ball on long haul this summer. They didn't have the 787s that they were supposed to have, um, which, by the way, I didn't put in the notes here, but apparently that deliveries are supposed to resume starting second half of this year, Q3. Yeah. So Boeing's going to be able to start re-delivering or delivering those planes again. Um, obviously, fewer than the airlines wanted or thought they were going to get, but it's coming. Uh, so that's great news. And American Airlines has said Boeing's going to make them whole and pay for damages, but they don't know how much and how it's going to actually play out because they haven't figured out what the damages are yet. 
and they won't until you know the planes actually are delivered. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, so airlines are happy that those planes are coming. But in the meantime, Americans, you know, schedule is somewhat limited. But they announced they're cutting Charlotte to Frankfurt for like six weeks this summer, mid June to mid July, I think, or maybe longer than that, from June through October, something like <laughs> that. It's a, a notable cut because that was one of those. It obviously made sense when they were a Sky t- uh, Starlines member. Um, but they didn't fly it when they were Starlines. Lefty did. Did they do Munich instead? They did one of them too. I thought. I thought it was Lefty that did it. I don't think. I think those were introduced all after One World. Were they? I, I would have sworn that Lefty did one and uh, US did the other. But either way, um, it doesn't. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me, Charlotte Frankfurt. But sure, fine. Uh, as a, it's hard for me to see that as a lot of onward as a as a big enough destination market from mm-hmm. sort of the southeast where they feed um, without the onward connections on the Europe side, but. But uh, what you're probably forgetting about is there's a lot of traffic that comes from the German car manufacturers. You've got um, Volkswagen in Chattanooga. You've got Mercedes just outside of Birmingham. Okay. Porsche's got um, something. And Porsche's in Atlanta. Yeah. So there, there, there's a lot. That's probably a fair bit of the traffic going to Germany. That's a fair point. And BMW in South Carolina. Yeah. Okay. Um, either Well, none of those guys are doing it this summer is what I'm saying. Cause uh, American had to pull the plane off of that route to move it to Miami to fly one of the three daily Miami, Charlotte flights, I mean, Miami, London flights, Heathrow, because British airways was doing two of the three and American was doing one and British airways had to reassign one of its aircraft. And so now American is moving one of its planes over to backfill that because it's a better value. I want to say BA used to have three flights between Miami and Heathrow and AA had two. Are they just doing three now? Between it's, the two of them? it's just three between the two of them, I think, now. Yeah, so that it's dropped down. I mean, maybe it's more in the winter. Um, but it's they had to, uh, they definitely pulled back on service. Um, yeah, right now it's 2BA, one American, and one Virgin on a daily basis <laughs> for the summer. And But during like the middle of the summer, for whatever reason, BA had to move one of its planes off. And so Americans picking that beat up. Well, they haven't brought all their wide bodies back, have they? BA. No. Yeah. Um, and America, uh, BA is keeping the 380, but not, I guess there's a 350 also, or a 777. I'm not sure. But I, I do have one question about the uh, delays that A is having with the Boeing planes and that they're going get, to get made whole. Uh, and this is slightly snarky and slightly uh, serious. Will Boeing be paying for all the diversions to Bangor? <laughs> because, well, no, because those were. Those weren't, were those supposed to be on the 787? I believe they were supposed to be on the 789 because they, they, that could be done on a 789 without an issue. Well, aren't those diver- – they could be done on the 777 also without an issue. I thought the I thought the reason for the diversions was crew timeouts. Is it crew timeouts? Oh, maybe. I, thought, I thought there was an issue where they were hitting like a 16-hour duty day and there was something about – because they couldn't overfly Russia and there was something about the union rules that didn't let them extend it. And they thought it would be okay because they thought they wouldn't – they thought they'd get the Russia overflights. Yeah. Okay, you might be right. I thought it was tied to that as much as anything else. So, and that's how they they could tell based on sort of right when they departed if they would usually they would often know even without uh, the fuel issues. So, <laughs> oh so. boy, anything uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? No, because yeah. if if not, we've got to talk about uh, a little Mike Tyson and uh, some Kirby uh, pissed just- off news. I was just going to say, looking at BA's f- fleet roster, the only planes that they have parked right now, wide bodies, are one triple seven two hundred and two three eighties. I wonder if they're not parked, but also not flying full utilization, though. That's possible. I mean, there's been a lot of like not enough bodies, not enough people back, not enough bodies available to make it happen. 
I mean, the lar- the big wild card is they did get rid of all their seven fours through all this, so they might just not have enough excess capacity to backfill any of that. Yeah. Yep. Sweet. Well, to our listeners, thanks for listening this week. You can uh, find us on Twitter at dots lines more dots more lines dot com. And uh, for our Patreon subscribers, stay tuned for a little extra content, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Take care. Catch you later.